Hey, thank you so much for coming out to Beyond Yacht Rock. Have you guys heard of a little band called Steely Dan? Yes, it's Beyond Yacht Rock Record Club. And we're going to read from scripts for you today. But first, a little musical number. I got your picture. I keep it with your letter Has a good on you It's like a dream come true And when you smile for the camera You know you're gonna love it Dave Lyons! They got your picture And it is with your letter looks good on you and you are blueprint and when you smile for the camera you know you're gonna love it Hunter Stare and Steve Woo! Huey here we go back, back to you back It's Beyond Yacht Rock Record Club. Toto 4 is what we, we're going to be listening to today. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't rehearse. Uh -uh, could, it, they couldn't tell, could they? No, it was perfect harmony. Hey, Dave, how's it going? David Lyons? Hey, I'm good. How are you, JD? Real good. Hunter Stare, how's it going? I'm a, uh, Steve, I know it's going well, so yeah, just say you hello. Do, you, yeah, hello. It's going well. Hey, um, everybody. Let's do some headlines. <laughs> let's do some yacht headlines. Headlines! Woo! From the Dock News. Yeah, the Dock from the Clips. Times. Dockside Times headlines here. Uh, so the other day, John Mayer tweeted to his million followers, is brown-eyed girl Yacht Rock? Oh, hold on, hold 23,000 people voted. 23,000 John Mayer fans There are voted. people, too. There yeah. are people, still. Barely. Yes won by 66% to 33. Fucking brown-eyed girl! So, Two-thirds. Steve Lukather chimes in on Twitter. As he does. And he says, what the fuck is Yacht Rock? Because I seem to have played on every song. It's me, Micah McDonald, and Jeff Beccaro. More like 80s session work. Did he hashtag that? Uh, so here we are. We're going to change the name of our podcast to Beyond 80s Session Work. Welcome to Beyond 80s Session Work, the only podcast that reads off of pieces of paper and uh, over other people's talents. But this Twitter drama's not over because Richard Marks got into Fucking the mix. Fucking Richard Marks. And he said, loving this thread, I need to know the entomology of this stupid AF term. Great seeing you recently, John and Luke. Uh, you know I love you. Now, AF stands for as fuck. So I love the idea of Richard Marks being like a short little foul-mouthed songwriter just but, out there talking the, about Yacht Rock being stupid as fuck. The other great thing is that these guys are like talking about Yacht Rock while they sign each other's yearbooks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Hope you had never, a good summer. Never change. 
Um, so then Hollywood Steve got in there, right. and he said... Yeah, because I'm real nice on social media. So like, so like, hi, Richard. The term comes from the 12-year-old comedy web series I hosted for my friends back when YouTube was new, and I gave him a link to the Wikipedia page. Ian. Not the video series. I don't want to be that presumptuous. I just gave him a link to the Wikipedia page, which is really easy to Google if you're wondering what Yacht Rock is, just it's as an aside. It's literally the first thing that comes up. There. Yeah. So Richard Marks ignored Steve, but uh, then Lukather chimed in again and said, Oh yeah, Hollywood S. We all saw that <laughs> shit when it came out, and we laughed our asses off. We laugh at our pop culture comedy, believe me. Hashtag 40 wise. Because Toto's 40 years old. <laughs> he did hashtag that. That's good. Yeah. Um. Um, so then Lukather started plugging his book and bragging about how he plays with the Beatles now, and that was the end of the Twitter <laughs> drama. That yep, was the headlines. Yep. yep. So, so, so John Mayer is out there misinforming the public about Yacht Rock. So what do you say with Yachtsky brown-eyed girl, gentlemen? All right. Is this Yacht or is it Nyat? If it gets over 50 on the Yachtsky scale, it's a Yacht Rock song. It's a complex scientific algorithm, the Yatsky scale. And if somebody could bring me a pen, I'd appreciate it. All right, I have my phone out. I'm going to so. do some calculations. Yeah, developed by uh, Gene Yatsky. Here comes a pen. Here comes a pen. Oh, look at that. Thank you very much. This so. is the, uh, the the final say of what's yacht or what's yacht. And we're looking for the years it was produced, usually 76 to 84. Personnel. We need to be popified, jazz, R&B influenced music, usually black music with a nerdy white guy behind it or white guys trying to do black music. Yeah, is there a Lukather or a Picaro maybe? So, Brown Eyed Girl came out in 1967. Way too early. No personnel that had pubes yet. Tuesday and so they were all still children. Steve Lukather was 10 years old when this song came out. I do want to tell a story, though. I do want to tell a story. That's not exactly true. Uh, that basically there's a bunch of New York jazz dudes backing this song because uh, the guy who produced it, uh, his name is Burt Burns. He signed Morrison and brought him to New York. And uh, Burns wrote Hang On Sloopy, Under the Boardwalk, Twist and Shout, a bunch of stuff. Yeah, the McCoys. There are some guys on this song that played with Steely Dan. But they're proto. So, but yeah, but 67. I mean, they were they were 12. Um, so this is this is great. Great saying names in a room for old people. Yeah, this is yeah. what we do. Uh, if we want to talk. I thank about everybody the for coming out here and listening you know, to me. Rick, Dar Rick Derringer was in the McCoys. Um, fun fact about the McCoys. He sure was, Dave. Thanks. <laughs> this is from Van's, that one right. This is from Van's album, Blowing Your Mind. Um, so is this blowing your mind, people? One of the most boring, overplayed classic rock songs ever. Um, so. Shall we Yatsky this one? I give it a 12. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like yeah. a, a four. I'm going eight. I'll, uh, I'll be generous and give it a 15 because it does have blue-eyed soul in it. As an L, as a, it's the chief musical element. Blue-eyed soul so singing about a brown-eyed girl. Let's see. Carry the one. Divided by... We got us a 9.75. Out of 100. So, so eat shit, John Mayer, and your fans. Why does everything he touched turn to shit? I don't know. Do you want to get into the show? Beyond Yarrock. So nice. That's our three-second theme song, everybody. That's Yacht. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you on fucking shuffle? 
And that never happened. Okay. I, I, I have a confession to make. That oh, is you put, not I put it on. You sabotaged it? it. I, I put it on shuffle, but he Left couldn't it. take it off shuffle. That was your fault. Okay. I did a sabotage job. We are the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast, the only podcast on the net that makes up musical genres every week and counts them down from 10 to 1. But we're not doing that this week. Today we're at Beyond Yacht Rock Record Club and we're going to listen to the song, the album Toto 4. But first, because we invented the term Yacht Rock, we're going to throw a bone to you Yacht Rock fans out there with this little song called Beautiful People by Mark Jordan. Why'd you pick this song, JD? Why'd I pick it? Yeah. Because I knew it'd be full of a, a bunch of beautiful, from a bunch of beautiful people. Uh, uh, everybody give yourselves a, a round of applause for being beautiful out there. You look so good I can't, I can't see a single person. Lights are bright. I assume you all look very good. So Mark Jordan is the most unapologetically Yacht Rock guy ever. Um, this is from his pastel-colored album, Blue Desert, from 1979. This son of a gun is as smooth as shit after eating bacon. Beautiful, beautiful album cover. Smooth as hell. This guy doesn't give a fuck. He's wearing lipstick, and for some reason there's a fish on the album. And what is it called? Desert Passion? Blue, Blue, Des- Blue Desert. Desert, you just Desert Passion's cool, too. Desert Passion? No, that was a cocktail I had. The passion is implied. Um, Bonanza personnel on this song. Dean Parks on rhythm guitar, Ernie Watts on sax, on backup vocals, the champ. Wait, hold, hold on, we had an Ernie Watts fan back there, yeah. <laughs> All right. We got the champ and Vinette Loud. She's becoming uh, this yacht rock background staple. We're starting to hear her name over and over again. Yes, I'm glad got, I finally got this in your vocabulary. We got Loud. Uh, AB Baby Laby on bass as Jay Poop and Graydon. Jay Poop and Graydon. Michael O'Mardian on synth which is programmed by Toto Steve Ricaro. Don't forget Carmen Twilly. She's singing back up here. Most people will talk about her singing with Elton John on The Circle of Life from that movie about the King Lion that came out a while back. But we'll give you her more crucial film soundtrack work. Two into one from the most important movie ever made, Cobra. My favorite Christmas movie. It's good. Uh, so my favorite part of this song... He goes, Mark Jordan goes into this talking thing. He goes like, let the medium move you on the dance floor. And it reminds me of Fred Armisen and the Blue Jean Committee. You know, Catalina Breeze. They do that talk singing, so it makes me think that the Blue Jean Committee is a satire of not only Steely Dan, but also Mark Jordan. Mark Jordan, yeah, that's famous Mark Jordan. That's satire. Good job. <laughs> That's what the world has been waiting for, really. Finally, somebody is making fun of Mark Jordan. Um, this also has the great line. You got the smooth, oh yeah, in a sibilant way. And I don't know what that means, but it sounds Sounds right pretty the, fucking yeah, smooth. Sounds right. It's a great uh, example no. of how sax can help with yacht rock. We always say that sax isn't specifically a yacht instrument. It's often too sultry. Yeah. This is sax done right. It, it really sounds is. pretty sultry. I think our definition is full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe people are going to start thinking we just made this shit up. Yeah. This is a scientific algorithm. Should we Yatsky this one for the record, guys? And uh, yeah. yeah. Whoa. I'm going to give this son of a Careful. gun an 85. I'm, it's I'm right not. up there, but not essential. Yeah, it's south of essential, definitely. I'm going to go 82. <sighs> 74. 74. Wow. That's what I'm feeling. 
J.D., right before you said 85, the number 85 popped into my head, so I'm also going to say 85. I, I don't know what the number is, but that's a Yacht Rock song. We did it. Let's talk about Toto. Talking Toto. And here we have Toto's uh, Dune Desert theme. Yes. <laughs> From Dune. Our, our favorite Toto. Yeah, totally Dave, work. Yeah, David Lynch's favorite movie that he did. This isn't a Yacht Rock song, but it's good. To, it's good music to talk to talk about Toto over. All right, so uh, when Toto 4 was released on April 8, 1982, Ronald Reagan was president. Say that name again. Reagan. Porky's. <laughs> was you rehearsed that, didn't you? Yeah. You spelled it phonetically. The number one movie at the box office was Porky's. Joan Jett's I Love Rock and Roll was the number one song. Number 10 was Bertie Higgins' Marina Rock Classic, Key Largo. And holding its place from last week at number nine was Buckner and Garcia, Pac-Man Fever. Man, thank God you brought visual aids. I, yeah, I brought this record from home just to hold it up when someone said Pac-Man Fever. In the international headlines, shit was tense in the Falklands. And the hottest TV shows were 60 Minutes, Dallas, MASH, and Magnum P.I. In other words, the world was not ready for Toto 4. So, the cover of the album... <laughs> or Dune. Or Dune. Yeah. The cover of the album... Um, we got the Toto sword. It's on a it's on a bunch of their covers. It's kind of like the Journey Scarab. And I heard Jeff Bacaro interviewed. He said the sword was designed by Philip Garris. He's some hippie from Haight Ashbury who also did yeah. some Grateful Dead covers. Almost entirely Grateful Dead and Toto. There's a couple other things that snuck in there, but mostly Grateful Dead and Toto. Should we pass out that copy of Toto for so everybody can look at the sword up close? They're passing around. Here, the room. somebody yeah, grab this. So pass, pass it around. around. We're gonna be talking about this for a, a while tonight. So, yeah. it's so but this good to have a visual aid. This cover is designed by Joe Spencer, who said each ring uh, represents the sword. It each ring on the sword represents Toto's four albums, and if you look at it, one's really dinged up, and they get newer. So the dinged up one represents their oldest album. You see? Oh, oh. crazy man! That's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. Oh. Was there more? No. Oh, also it's um, red. Yeah. Because they were in the danger zone because their past two albums kind of sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Not well received. I am a fan of Hydra, and that's my and that's my favorite sword cover. Yeah. It's, I think it's Steve Picaro in the mist with a sword, and it's really blue and sexy. Now when that when that record comes around, you're gonna want to look at the See, back. See, I should have brought a visual aid. That's my fucking fault. Hey, man, I, I printed out all kinds of stuff up you, here. You painted a very vivid because picture. most okay. people will be listening to this on a radio or oh, stereo. Yeah. The podcast. So radio. visual aids are real helpful. So this record that's going around, check out the guys on the back. Look what a good time they're having. Uh, you see, uh, what is it? Uh, is it Steve Lukather? Or no, it's uh, Steve Picaro just peeking over, peeking over the keyboard. The folks just having look, a real good time. The folks you're looking at are bassist David Hungate, drummer Jeff Picaro. They worked with, with Boz Skaggs on the Silk Degrees album. Then Boz hit the yellow brick road. And these guys were joined on tour by Steve Lukather on guitar, Jeff's brother Steve Picaro, and David Page on keys. The record company loved the band so much they gave these guys a record deal. They hired lead singer Bobby Kimball because he was in a band called SS Fools. SS Fools. So naturally, it worked. Hey JD, I heard a I heard a weird rumor that they they 
Wait. That's, that's, Bobby. Bob, that's the real Bobby Kimball. That's Bobby Kimball. Now, we do have a picture of the guy who played Bobby Kimball on Roseanne. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. Pretty much every TV show in the 90s, he played Bobby Kimball. That is also Bobby Kimball. For those of you listening at home, it's a recognizable character actor <laughs> from, with a mustache. Yeah. From the 80s and 90s. Mike, Mike Haggerty is his name uh, as yeah. the character actor. <laughs> uh, but Go JD Google this at home and you'll, you'll find it hilarious, the visual. <laughs> Watch it in conjunction with the Rosanna video. We'll get to that. So, uh, JD, I heard a rumor that somebody else may have uh, been the lead singer of Toto. Yeah, they, you know, Bobby Kimball got the job, but he almost didn't because the first guy they asked four days earlier had accepted the job to sing for the Doobie Brothers. What? That's right. Michael McDonald was four days away of being, from being the lead singer of Toto. He was... <laughs> <laughs> boo! Why got, are you booing? They're going, oh, Wait, I got Is, that, is, is I that a chilled. boo in approval of him not joining Toto? Is this anti-Kimball talk? Who knows what would have happened? Would we have had Thriller? No, I, we'll talk about that. I'm excited. Okay. So, their, their first album was a big, um, it was a big smash, and like Hunter said, their next two albums were bombs, and then, so they, their backs were to the wall here, and they had to write a hit, or their careers were over. Their record company actually told, you need to give us a hit again, or we're going to drop you, we're sick of this shit. Did they say that? Did you find they that? They actually yeah. did yeah. say that, yeah. I would yeah, assume no more. That. Does anybody know the Turn Back album by Toto? No. That's a, that is the answer. Um, so, with the, you know, this is your get your shit together or you're going to lose your record deal album and if you can feel it. Luke Rother said, like, we got nothing to lose. Let's just make the most overly produced album ever recorded. And they achieved that by a mile. Total 4 is awesome. Yeah, it, was yeah. A, it was a technologically groundbreaking album and I did a little research on this. It's, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> at a time when most bands were using a single 24-track recorder, Toto used as many as three separate 24-track recorders. That's at like the same 48 time. plus 24 tracks. The 24-track recorders were linked with a computerized SMPTE timecode system that allowed for up to 69 individual tracks of sound simultaneously. Nice. Nice. I love hearing 69 and simultaneously in the same sentence. That's really the only reason I pulled that quote from Wikipedia. <laughs> um, oh, and then your oh, last yeah, one. Also, also uh, the guys in total were such studio rats, they had to put off touring behind this big hit album they had because they were, they were, they were needed to work on Michael Jackson's Thriller and Chicago 16. And they also they also ended up shit canning Bobby Kimball over his drug problems. So by the time they were ready to tour behind this album, the moment had kind of passed yeah. a little bit. Well, let's talk about that moment for a second. Okay, when, well, when Bobby Kimball when wait, Bobby Kimball wait, wait, snorted all of the cocaine, and he, he had didn't to leave. snort all the cocaine, Dave. <laughs> there was a yeah, lot there was left. some left for We Are the World. He snorted just enough to fuck up his voice when he had to record. And that's a, you hey, get, you hire somebody from SS Fools, <laughs> you, expect you them get not the SS Fool. <laughs> but he went on to have a, uh, a session singing career with Michael McDonald and Bill Champlin. They did backup on a lot of music. Hmm. No, this sounds like a Dave fact. Listen, I swear, I none swear, of those I guys this. did any backup. 
So personally, I love Toto 4. It's one of my favorite albums. I have such great memories of my youth spinning that record, and every track is perfect and wonderful and beautiful. Um, what, what do you guys think of it? All right, Steve? that's the end of the podcast. Yeah, Thanks, everybody, for coming out. It's beautiful. That was a determination. No, it was, good. It, it, was, it, it was something that was just kind of a, a couple years before I actually started paying attention to music, so I didn't really discover it until much later when I kind of went like, oh, shit, what, are, what is all the commercial stuff from the 80s that I missed the first time around? And it's, it's, it's such a surprisingly consistent album because... Like a lot of the, a lot of the bands of Toto's ilk, you think of them as singles bands. Like they've got hits. Really, all you need is the greatest hits album with a lot of those bands. But Toto Four is one that you can actually listen to front to back, and it's amazing. It's great. You want to go next? You love that front to back, don't you? I got it from you, Dave. Yeah. yeah. Tell, tell them the story, you. Dave. So I went and saw Dio. Um, That's how a good story starts. Before he died. And uh, his he, concerts suck now. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, no, he's going to tour again as a hologram. Huh. Yeah. But um, he came out and he played like Last in Line and maybe another one. That you, and also, this is in Detroit and they come out of the fucking woodwork for a Dio concert, man. I mean, we're talking about birth defects. Like, just it, it was insane. So Dio says, I've got a special treat for everybody. We're looking at each other like a special treat from Dio. This is going to be rad. And he said, we have a new, a new album coming out called Magica. It's going to be out in two weeks, and we're going to play you the whole thing. Front to back. And then uh, out came the lutes and the, uh, the, the flutes, and we were subjected to the Magica album. And it's the only concert I've ever left early. I actually wrote an apology letter from Dio to me and sent it to him in a self-addressed stamped envelope, <laughs> asking him to sign it. He never did. Uh, later, I attended his funeral and had a little private moment where I forgave him. But the moral of the story is Toto, to back. Toto 4 is one of your favorite albums. Oh, yeah. It was my first favorite song was Rosanna. I used to march around the living room to it when I was a little kid. I, I, I want to talk about the implication of this album, of what could have been with Yacht Rock, just very briefly. So we had the first Toto album, right? It was 1978. It had uh, Hold the Line. That was the beginning of the Hold yeah. the Line. It's a and jam. They, and they hit hard. They yeah. hit really Georgie hard. Georgie Borgie was on that? Yeah, they were going to be big and famous. Their second album, which I love, is Hydra. That came out in 1979. It, it's, it's what I like to call Yacht Yor. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, no one's ever done it sense it's basically a medieval themed album about yacht rock kind of in Prague and then they did turn back in 1981 I believe mm -hmm. no one's ever heard of it big in Japan and they basically sounded like Rush now because they didn't become huge rock stars during this period because they were primed after their first album but they had these two disappointments that came out because they didn't become these giant rock stars that just constantly toured they had to go back to session work and work with other people because that, I don't know that's that's <laughs> that's where that's where they made that was their bread and butter and so basically during this period of their failures they became the backbone of what we eventually termed yacht rock if those two albums would have succeeded if those basically their toto rush albums would have succeeded and mm -hmm. they became the rock stars we, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have probably done the show. There would have been a few songs that we could have... Yacht Rock might have ended at 79. Yes. And a new sound yeah. might have taken over. Yeah, yeah. It, would have been, it would have been over. We may not... We wouldn't have Toto 4 because this was... They just said, look, fuck it. Let's just 
take everything we learned in the studios and put it into one album, and we probably wouldn't have Thriller, mm-hmm. ultimately. So, moral we, of the story is, don't go to Dio concerts. And yeah. we probably never, never would have done this internet show, and I probably would have never gotten laid since I moved to Los Angeles. So thank you very much, Toto. <laughs> for, having, uh. for writing terrible albums. Um, all right, enough yapping. Let's get to more yapping. All right. We're going to listen to Toto 4. We're going to give front some, to back. We're going to give some fun facts. We're going to yatsky each track. Then, for the first time ever, we'll average the track scores and get a yatsky album score. You guys ready for some math? You, you're writing these down, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's see if Toto 4 actually is a Yacht Rock album. And don't be surprised if it's not. Wait, and and before, before we get into the album, I have one question. Has anybody ever heard the our uh, podcast before? Or, okay. Okay. All right. All right. Good. So, so this isn't just a confusing uh, ball of names yeah, and numbers. People that were cruising Santa Monica Boulevard on a Sunday stumbled into the Virgil. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's still a confusing ball of names and numbers. It's just okay. everybody really likes Hollywood Steve's voice. Ah, that's, that's correct. It's All right, let's get into it. All right. Side A, track one. You know it. It's Rosanna. Great personnel on this track. You have every single member of Toto, and listen to that goddamn beat that Jeffrey Jeff is laying down. He's not the only percussionist on this list. That's good old Lenny Kilmeister Castro on the congas. Oh, Kilmeister. Yeah, yeah. Gave him Do some new nicknames? Yeah. All right. It's going to be one of those nights. Um, uh, Jerry Hay blowing his horns. Um, Jerry Hay. The drum beat is known as a halftime shuffle, and Jeff cited the song Home at Last by Steely Dan off of Asia as inspiration. Do you know that shit? No, but it, it's a true fact. He might have played that drum beat. He could have. I was inspired by my own drum beat. Yeah, he inspired himself. I saw an interview with Jeff Picaro. He's got those glasses, and he looks kind of greasy, and I always thought he was like a nerd. And be like, <laughs> yeah. I love playing the drums. I'm Jeff Picaro. No, he's the coolest he's fucking dude on like, the yeah. planet. I love playing the drums. I'm Jeff Picaro. I'm from he Los Angeles. so cool. I talk like I'm from New York. He wears headbands. Yeah, he's yeah. a cool guy. Jeff. He doesn't garden. play tennis, and he wears headbands. He died in his garden like the Godfather. Okay. Except way more coke. Stop, stop Steven up the podcast. No. We don't, we're not in the Yeah, we don't need to hear how everybody died. This was an important song in our series for me. It was episode four, and in my opinion, the best music in any episode as a whole, except for the Van Halen one. As I said before, this is my first favorite song. I've talked about it on the podcast before. I actually, I had the single. I wore this out. I had to go get another one because I wore mine out. Dave, can I ask you a question? Please do. Did you touch a boob to this song? Like today? <laughs> I don't know. Ever. Yeah. All right. Huh. Uh, Steve Lukather and Bobby Kimmel are trading off the lead vocals. And if you watch the video, you'll see that Steve Lukather is the one that looks like a badass. And Bobby Kimmel is the one Here, I'll help you. that looks like Mike Haggerty. Uh, That's Mike Haggerty, just yeah. in case anybody... Speaking of the video, it features one of my favorite 80s tropes, unnecessary chain link. Yeah. No, it was necessary. You had to it, keep the you had a pen total away from the general public. Uh, you know who necessary. they were keeping him away from? Yeah, one of the background dancers, a young Patrick Swayze. Oh. He was like the wind. How's that for a fun fact? Uh, Toto won a Grammy for the song, nominated for Song of the Year, but lost out to Always On My Mind by Willie Nelson. Uh, what else do we have here? There's a rumor that it was written about Rosanna Arquette, who was dating Steve Picaro at the time. But according to my research, it isn't true. But then again, that's my research, which is usually wrong. That's correct. I've actually seen an interview. Wait, hold Steve on, hold on. 
You can't say my... You can't say my, my research is usually wrong so we can agree with you. It's not You're, your research that's wrong either. It's your not research. Yes. It's the stuff that comes right out of your brain. You, you, can't, say facts. you can't say false facts and then add that on the end so we're all in agreement. Have you seen the president speak? Okay, well, so, I guess but, you're... But, David, it is, it is true. I was watching an interview with Steve Picaro while he watched Yacht Rock 4 for the first time. Which I've was heard amazing. of this. And he said, oh, yeah, I was dating Rosanna Arquette at the time, and, and so we wrote this song about Rosanna. He, he was dating but her. That's true. I heard it wasn't written by him. Mouth. It was written by David Page. Who was jealous. Who said it was about several different women. No. Um, he just wanted to be able to play it off like he wrote it for somebody else. Could be. Because when they broke up, he was going to get in there. I'd buy that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. That's a page move. I never knew this about this song, but this song is actually it's a duet between Steve Lukather and Bobby, and Bobby Kimball. Kimball. I yeah. thought it was the same singer throughout. But the first verse is, is Lukather. The next verse is Bobby Kimball. Kimball comes in. So what, what David Page was thinking, this is me and Steve Picaro, and we're fighting over Rosanna, and I wrote the song, so I'm going to win. Yeah, that's about that. Page. Classic page. Mm -hmm. um, I want to talk about Tom Kelly before this is, ends. Not the meathead that I went to high school with. This is the Tom Kelly who is a background singer on a lot of the album. Uh, but he's written a lot of amazing songs like True Colors and I Drove All Night by Cyndi Lauper, Eternal Flame and In My Room by The Bangles, Alone by Heart and Like a Virgin by Madonna. And they, uh, they got him singing background here. Tom they, Kelly. I was going to talk about they, him, too. Oh, really? They, yeah, we're going to say more names. They had the best people singing background vocals yeah. in Yacht Rock. This, like, these singer-songwriters were just like coming in and just doing background vocals. Yeah, hey, who's your background singer? Oh, just this guy named Michael McDonald. Multi-platinum artist, yeah. Michael McDonald. He's going to sing background vocals. It's amazing. Haggerty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at these two next to each other and tell me that's not the same fucking guy. Okay, so are we gonna uh, wait? Hold. We didn't talk about this. Are we gonna listen to the whole song? Um, yeah, we can. But I, <laughs> I got Oh no, we haven't. Well, you got a yacht skip. Yeah, okay. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. I'm gonna give it a, a ninety five. I'm gonna give this, and this may be sacrilege, but I'm gonna give this an eighty nine. What? And it's only because it rocks so hard. I mean, this is a thing I, that I we feel, talk about how much like it rocks. Hunter, half like of Yacht Rock is rock. Episode. Did you say 85? I said 89. Okay. Oh, you asshole. It's no Bill of Bounty, Dave. You know what? You can go right to hell. Piece of shit. No, I didn't give a number. No, I can yet. do the calculations. I thought you were just going to write it down. No, we got to give a number. Okay, we give a number. Then just read them out to me and I'll do it on my phone. These are the... F okay. What do you got, Steve? 100, because it's yeah. fucking perfect! Steve, I admire that. I'm still at 99, though. It's a 95.75 on the Yatsky scale. Fuck that smooth! That's Yacht. That's what happens. Uh, track oh, number 200, what's It's this my song? turn. Okay, first off, I want to say this is a hot-ass song. Yeah. Listen to that sax, which is, is a yacht instrument. It can be a yacht instrument. They're all yacht instruments, depending on who's playing it and what. Okay, this is, anyways. 
Listen to that Jeffy shuffle on this. This is Make Believe from the band Toto. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. From oh, the good. album Toto 4. Uh, this has Bonanza personnel on them. Almost every member of Toto. Yeah, yeah with a couple of additional dude bros on it. Uh, so, uh, Bobby Kimball, B. Kim. B. Kim, I'm going to call him B. Kim. Really, you were making fun of me for Lenny Kilmeister. Uh, he was singing the shit out of this song. So much so that the trio of Paige, who wrote it, Lukather and Bobby Kimball, were not himself, Bobby Kimball himself, were not enough to do the background vocals on this song. Uh, so they brought in that Tom Kelly guy that Dave mentioned. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna talk about Tom Kelly here. I, I ruined your... Uh... Yeah, it's, I know, you wrote it after me. Uh, Tom's got his own Toto story. Uh, he was in the, the... He was with a bunch of other dudes were in a backing band for Dan Fogelberg. And uh, they were able to stumble into a record deal and name themselves the Fogelbergers. That's not true. They decided that was dumb and changed it to Fool's Gold. And that's true? That is true. They was in a band called Fool's Gold. Um, uh, their first album was littered with eagles. Uh, but oh. their second one had Foster Champlin and a bunch of Toto on there. Still, I listened to them both. Not a single Yacht Rock song on there. Uh, they broke up in 1977 as a simple country rock band. Uh, but here, you know, he's dr- he's trying to drop the Kimballs on this song. <laughs> there you uh, go. There it is. <laughs> that one's going to stick. He also sang on uh, the Mark Jordan album that we heard earlier. Oh, yeah, he's good. Uh, the other Toto bro on this that's, uh, is that sweet saxophone we hear. As we all know, that Toto doesn't have a sax player. So they brought one in. And uh, obviously, because sax is not a yacht rock instrument, yes, it is. Except when it is, and it is all the goddamn time. <laughs> and that man is the mysterious and enigmatic. Yes, that's right. You guessed it. John Smith. Yeah, John oh, Smith. That is his real name. Yes. Uh, he was actually, the only thing I found about him, he was in Edgar Winter's White Trash. And that is not a fake band name. Like the Fogelbergers. That's a real band name. How, um, Hunter, how did you go about researching a man named John Smith? Uh, I purpled my purple, discogs. Purple link in the discogs. Yeah, yeah. I got purpled my discogs and I uh, found them. There's a bunch of John Smiths. He started with a phone book from Cincinnati and went down the line. And it was the fifth guy. Yeah, five. Yeah, he it got was, really yeah, lucky. Me. I, I, yeah, I'm a saxophone player. I, play with I mean, what are the odds? <laughs> uh, okay, so now I'm just going to list my favorite things about this song in order. The Steve Picaro synth flourishes in the chorus. The powerhouse backing vocals that I talked about that are Tom nearly Kelly. that are nearly a call and response. That Page piano with that staccato bounce. Jeff, who's really in the pocket on this one. That sax. Steve Lukather basically soloing and riffing through this whole song and not outshining a single person. Like yeah. it's just underneath everything. And of course, uh, you know Kim Ball's shouty croon on this is amazing. You know what? Fuck it. They all tie for first place. Yeah, yeah. It's a total Toto team effort on this. Except <laughs> for you, Hungate. Pick it up, or we're replacing you with a Picaro. All right, we've Yatsky this already, and it got a 92. 92. It's a 92 on the Yatsky scale. It's two essential songs in a row. Yeah, strong start. That's a stronger one-two punch than the Accept album. Going from, what is it, Balls to the Wall into London Leather Boys? Yeah, that one. Not D- Yacht. Dave, you talked over the bumper. Aw. Who did those bumpers? Do we o- have Ocean bumpers? City Defender. Uh, Tom Kelly also wrote I Touched Myself by the Divinals. It's not your turn. Everybody mellow out now. Put your arm around your it's date. not your turn. What? I'm excited. Nobody's here with a date. <laughs> they were, but they left. 
Guys, it's track three on side A. This is I Won't Hold You Back. This was the fourth single from the album, the third top ten hit, and it hit number one on the adult contemporary chart for three weeks. And it's perfect for cigarette lighters. Thank you very much. Uh, those of you at home, a uh, member of the audience is waving a cigarette lighter right now. Oh, we got now. two lighters now. We now. have two of them. Okay, continue, Steve. And some, some phone lights. That's Cell phones are unacceptable. Turn yeah. that off. We just want This lighter. is Toto 4! Yeah, this isn't a fucking John Mayer concert. Uh, God, John Mayer ruins everything. He does. I heard he's a really good guitar player. He's got, like, the King Midas syndrome in reverse. Like, where everything he touched turns to shit. Sorry, sorry, Steve. Keep reading. I'm just right. excited. Uh, this song Tom is... Kelly also wrote I Get So Emotional by Whitney Houston. That's a good song. It is a good song. Your Tom Kelly pocket is deep. I'm excited to hear more as the night goes on. So there was this guy that played for the football team in my high school named Tom Kelly. Oh, he's a real meathead, I heard. Yeah, he is. Uh, we streaked his house once because our theory was you show up at the toughest guy in school's house with eight naked dudes, and he wasn't home. His mom answered the door and got real freaked out, called the cops. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Steve. Fun fact! I won't hold you back. I wish I, I can't verify whether you got all that right or not, Dave. Dave, he will that's, hold that's, you back now. It's pretty true. Pretty true. Touched a boob that night, but it was really gross. Eight, eight naked dudes in a car. Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> Wait, what was that car ride like going home from that? Oh, God. Stinky. All right. Okay. There, we, this we're not repeating this songs. Happens. We got to get through these yeah, fun we, facts. One of the guys was songs. a French foreign exchange student. All right, enough. We got to talk about it. this song. People came here for Steve to say names and read paragraphs. Sorry. Sorry, Steve. I won't hold you back now. Man, the place I had in this script just can't be found. Uh, I'll just go back. The song so, is the Steve Lukather show. I was, I was joking. I, knew, I only got through one paragraph. He was, was joking. Two he was, that's his improv. Improv, everybody. Uh, so this this song was both written and sung by Steve Lukather. It's the Steve Lukather show. And on the chorus, he has a background vocal help from Timothy B. Schmidt of the Eagles. Eagles, yeah. Who are not a yacht rock band. Now we've gotten to the guitar solo. I want you to listen to this guitar solo. Steve Lukather has the chops to burn. But listen to how simple his playing is right here. It still gives the song a sweeping climax. It integrates right into the swirling orchestra behind it. But he never does too much. He never calls a lot of attention to what a great guitar player is. He doesn't start shredding or anything. It's a model of restraint that serves the song. 60 seconds, Steve. 60 seconds. Uh, apparently, apparently Steve Lukather wrote this one during the prep for Turn Back, which was their Arena Prague Rush album. Uh, but it survived the cut here even though they were trying to push into new musical territory as a band, because it fits this vibe a lot better than it fits an Arena Prague album. So, do we think... This, this, is, this is the number one adult contemporary hit. Do we think that this song is a straight-up adult contemporary song, or a Yacht Rock song that happened to fit into the adult contemporary chart? I, I think that this is the, the template for 80s power ballads right here. 
I don't think this is a Yacht Rock song What's at your all. score? My score is 35. 35? Jesus, JD. Ooh. Say your score. Not Yacht Rock at all. All it gets is, is points for having Toto. Well, personnel's enough to give it, give it a 62 I'm in my book. 62. 62, you're on crack. That is not a Yacht Rock song at all. You look like a pervert. Oh, my God. He does look like a pervert. I am a pervert, but for, like, adult women and regular sex. Woman. I'm going to give that a 40... No, I'm going to give it a 51. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? That is a power ballad. Steve, help me out. Everybody in Toto is on that song. That's so it gets a 30 and then judge it from there. It would be 33, first of all, and it was kind of smooth. Oh my god, Steve, help me sandbag this it's, thing. This is not a Yacht Rock song. This I gave it a be... 51, butthole. This is not like I'm putting that, it over the top. You put it on Punch the her. boat. Steve. Watch your mouth. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. I, uh, oh, he, he, this is like I've, a 70. I've considered Steve. this carefully, and the thing I always come back to with Yacht Rock is there needs to be some kind of an unexpected harmonic or like there's got to be a twist and turn in the chord progression sonically it's got to be a little jazz a little and and what i hear there is steve lukather being later period david foster it's yes. pretty state it's pretty straightforward i don't hear a lot of twists it's obviously a great song where nobody's denying oh my that. god but i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a 41 on the yatsky scale not on the music scale. 47.25. Wow. That is not right. Yacht Rock. Yes! JD, you Stay and I... Stay the fuck off my certified playlist, you goddamn power ballad. We held it back. JD, I got a 47.25. Relax. This is how the Yachtsky scale works. I was worried there. Jesus. Song number four on side A is good for you. That's uh, Steve Lukather on piano. Bobby Kimball sings lead on this one. He's really holding it back on the verses for his voice, but later on in the song, he just has this scream. It's like the scream of an angel. Luke and Bobby wrote this one. Together. Great personnel yeah. on this track. Mm. I could be good for you. I love this song. Fuck it, just sing it. Okay. You could be good for me too. I'm no Bobby Kimball. You guys are Bobby Kimball. Yeah. Hey, where's that one okay. dude? Um, oh. So no, I'm gonna pull that up. They pulled some Bonanza chef sessioners on this one. Lenny Castro on congas, which helped smooth out the song. Uh, they also brought in Brother Mike Picaro. Yeah, watch your ass, Hungate. <laughs> but he he was brought in to play cello. He's normally plays bass, Mike Picaro does, but I guess he got tired of standing up and he said, hey, cello would be good in this song. It's a yeah, sit-down instrument, <laughs> cello. He's that's tired. a good sit-down joke. Yeah. Uh, he also died in March 2015 of a degenerative muscular disease. Steve. You got that, Steve? Yep, yep, I heard ALS. You write that down. So I think It was very tragic. I think this song is trying to convey in a roundabout way the fact that this guy has a massive schlong without saying, I have a massive schlong. You can't do that. People yes. don't go for that. Wait, the which guy? You can't introduce yourself that way. Bobby Kimball, the guy who's singing. Oh, Dave, which guy? Uh, Bobby Kimball. The chorus uh, could have been... Um, this guy. Uh, that yeah. guy has a big schlong. That's the, what JD's this, saying. This could have been He'd the chorus. To. This could have been the chorus. It could have been, could have been this. I, I have a massive schlong. Boo, boo. 
boo, boo. You have a massive puss too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boo, boo. So they're made li- for each other. Lyrics like I won't give out until you give in to the fact that I have a huge schlong. And but now I know you must realize that I could be good for you because I have a huge schlong. This guy's just wagging his jean meat, hoping she notices. And I would say that Bobby Kimball's voice is the gene meat of voices. It just bulges and demands attention. So does his face. Yeah. <laughs> if you watch that Rosanna video, yeah, the, the wide lens close-up was not a good choice. But, hey, young Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Talk about gene meat. It's a tough one. I feel like this rock's a little too hard to be yacht rock. We put Rosanna on it. I know, but Rosanna's special. This is more straightforward okay. rock song. I give this one, uh, like, a 47. I gave, I'm giving this a 61. 55. Hold on. I'm going fast and furious. 55. Steve? Hunter, I think you're in about the right territory. I was thinking 64. 64. <laughs> Eat shit, JD. Divided by four. 56.75, JD. All right. Should I press that button? He's got That is a Yacht Rock song? That is yeah, a Yacht Rock song. song. What the fuck, guys? This guy hates Yacht Rock. Sounds like there's a mystery afoot. <laughs> the mystery, of course, being if the song is Yacht or Yacht. Here's another song by Toto. It's called It's a Feeling. Great personnel on this track. Can't believe I had to write that down. It's my runner. Um, you got all <laughs> the members of Toto. No yeah, you got all no the members of Toto, including Poppy Joe Picaro, who's helping out uh, Lenny Infidel Castro with the percussion. Oh, shots fired. Hunter will tell you uh, the percussion is important. Isn't that right, Hunter? I guess so. Yeah. It's very important, Hunter. Okay. No, it is. It is. That's my theory, working theory. I haven't right. figured it out yet. Right. So I completely agree with what Steve wrote but hasn't said yet. This we're one's riffing, kind of... we're, t- we're having a conversation, Dave. Well, I'm, I'm moving it ahead. Do you, want, do you want me to talk? Yeah, do it. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. So My the thing about the, Tom this Kelly... Is, this, is the sle- this is kind of the sleepiest song on the album to me. It's, it's one of those that kind of... It's, it's, when, it's when smooth music gets a little bit weak and it kind of passes right by you before you can process whether or not anything really actually just happened. Yeah, it's sleepy is a really good way of saying saying it. And uh, there's that was really, good banter. Yeah, there's really not much. I know it's great. Top notch. We're pros. Uh, not much to talk about here, so I'm going to tell you about a real mystery, and that's the mystery of the Grant High School Hall of Fame. <laughs> we all know that Toto started hanging out together at Grant High School in North Hollywood. David Page, Steve Lukather, and the Picaros all went there. Now, if you look into the Grant High School Hall of Fame, you'll notice some notable alumni including Brian Robbins, director of Norbit. (laughs) Tom Selleck and the writer of Tom Selleck's best theme song, Mike Post. Not to mention actor Danny... Mike Post did Blue Bloods? Yeah, and was Tom Selleck and Jack? I don't know. Uh, Not to mention actor Danny Nucci, who's on a show called The Fosters, which is probably best known for its amazing filming locations. But I digress. Only four members of Toto are represented on this wall. Three Picaros and Lukather, no David Page. What the fuck's up with that? Furthermore, Picaros were all inducted in 1984. Steve Lukather didn't get in until 1988. He wrote half their hits. I know. 
I, no, I'm on the same side, JD. I think this is bullshit. And I want everybody to call Grand High School and see if you can find what the fuck is up. Right now! Because they will not return my phone calls Call anymore. Grant High School and demand that Steve Lukather's induction into their Hall of Fame gets backdated four yes. years. Four years. Please! It's like they were waiting for... What was that last popular ballad they had? All right. This Your one. Body's a Wonderland? <laughs> by, by John sure. Mayer? Sure. Oh, God. Let's Yoski this guy. Um, this is a one, regular ballad. It's not yeah, even very 40, powerful. 42. Oh, wait. I got I to gotta do this. Yeah, 42. 35. That's it. I'll be over you. That's what I was thinking that's, of. That's another... Th 42. What did you that's give That's another it? 35 for me. 35. I'm going to give it a 51. Hey, fuck you! It has Toto on it. 37. It does have the personnel. It's an, That's enough. Toto plays on Randy Newman's I Love L.A. Yeah, and it's it's for Randy Newman, it's extremely yachty. And some of his yachtiest stuff. It is. It's his most yachtiest stuff. 41.25. That is Nyat Yacht Rock. Yacht or Yacht special. <laughs> Whoa! As if we haven't been doing this already. Friday, everybody. Let's take a little break. Halfway through. This is going so much faster than Celebrate Me Home. Yeah. Yeah, but this one isn't about jazz. Oh, uh, you're right. So we're going to take a little break from yacht skiing to do some more yacht skiing. <laughs> so this is the new track by Michael McDonald. That it is. It's called Find It In Your Heart, and this is very important that we ask you this song. Is it? Because people keep bothering us on Twitter, so let's get yeah, it out of the that's way. true. Anytime something's new. Uh, okay, yeah, this is Find It In Your Heart, 2017, Michael McDonald. He was in the Doobie Brothers. All right, we got fans in the crowd. Okay, here, uh... Yeah. So, you guys heard of the Doobie Brothers? So, uh, yeah. So here we have Michael McDonald, or as he goes by on this song, Barry Whitebeard. Do you hear it? Barry Whitebeard? No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyways. <laughs> he is handsome on the album cover. He's a guy that's really grown into his face. Not like Bobby Kimball. <laughs> well, if you say that, you have to show visual aids. There it is. Okay, uh, this is off his upcoming album, Wide Open, which will be available in September. Uh, I didn't find any names on this except for one other than Michael McDonald. Um, and he worked exclusively with drummer uh, Shannon Forrest in Nashville on this. Uh, Shannon played with the Dukes of September along with uh, bassist Freddie Washington and guitarist John Harrington. I bet those guys are on here also. But Shannon Forrest sucks. This yes, is the most boring drumbeat I've ever yes, heard in my life. he ruins this song. Absolutely. Uh, listen, J.D., he also played with Taylor Swift and Jeff Foxworthy. No, good for so him. So give him a little and, bit of respect. And a fun fact about Shannon Forrest as of 2015, he's the drummer for Toto. Currently... Yeah, God rest Current your soul, Picaro. Okay, uh, so uh, yeah, the beat down this uh, is a, uh, it's boring. The yeah, beat is so boring. boring. It's boring as fuck. It keeps uh, it's not a Picaro beat. No, there is no shuffle. There's not in the pocket. It's just meandering. This whole song's meandering. Uh, there's no zig when you want a zag. It's all just kind of drones on and ends up exactly where you know it was going to, like a comic book movie. Oh, yeah, take that, Hollywood. Yeah. You, it's about you, time someone took the piss out of Hollywood. You can't tell me that you didn't know, that you knew that Spider-Man was taking the villain Michael Keaton's daughter to homecoming. Spoiler alert. 
Um, and her mother was black. Spoiler alert. Listen. Is that a twist? He just wants to say spoilers. Oh. I just want to give spoilers. It's a twist that Michael Keaton's wife was black because because the girl was black, and so you would never guess that Michael Keaton was her dad. Oh, yeah, because we're all racist. It's all a twist. It's all yeah, a twist. That makes sense. Well, listen, I haven't seen a Spider-Man movie since uh, number number three yeah, by Raimi. Sam Raimi. Anyways, uh, okay, this song is almost six fucking minutes long. Yeah. Yacht Rock is about making tight hits that you want to listen to over and over again. Sometimes they jam a All right, bit. sometimes they jam a little bit, but you better give it. me you better have a damn good reason yeah. for that jam. This one does not have it. I love hearing Michael McDonald's voice. It's great in this. But can anyone tell me what even happened in this fucking song? See, I made a, I made a very white joke. Nobody got it. Because yeah. they were bored by the yeah, song. Not two from our podcast. Jesus, it's not my, it's not my joke. This it's is a, them. This is a color by numbers 90s easily easy listening chart bait. The sound, it was not, it, it was relevant in the 90s, but not only, like, it's 90s easy listening music in 2017. It's kind of what happened in the 90s to adult contemporary radio when adult contemporary hits stopped crossing over to the pop charts and only got played on adult contemporary radio. So the stakes were a lot lower and there wasn't as much money to be made anymore. Mike is singing a Yacht Rock song here. You could put this over a real Yacht Rock musical sound and it would fit in. It would be Yeah, beautiful. you get some e-piano in there, a sweet, great Ness guitar solo. Instead, you got this weird, like, wah-wah and a bass that does nothing. Oh, and, a, and just the weakest guitar ever. Yeah. The only, the only thing good about this is Old McDonald's voice. Yeah, this song is extremely neutered. <laughs> For that, I'll give it a 27. Oh, we're, we're going to give numbers? Why don't you write these down? Because I, I want to... Well, 27, Dave? I'm going to give it a... 27, yeah. An 18. Oh. You said that like you wanted to fight me. I do. All right. I'll give it a 34. We'll take it into the alley after the show. You know, I'm going to put it closer to the boat than you guys. I'm going to give it a 47. Because it is, after all, Michael McDonald. And he's still doing Michael McDonald music. He just doesn't have the same... Uh, Cast of backing uh, supporting personnel. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about something really fast that needs to be addressed. Uh, the loss of Jeff Vaccaro in 1992 was fucking crushing for. It uh, was yeah. a crushing blow to music. Absolutely, especially tragic. yacht rock. There was no chance for a true revival after he passed. Even if he didn't play on the songs, just the opportunity to teach like this guy and pass on his knowledge to a new generation was completely lost. The guy was on basically everybody's stuff and losing him all. All I can equate it to is like the martial arts world losing Bruce Lee. He was the fucking master, yeah. and the world is worse off for his loss. Uh, Jim Kelly kept it alive for a little bit, but it just wasn't the same. This is a 31. 31, that's... That's nyat. All right, yeah. side B of Toto 4. Let's get back into it. Steve, tell us about this song. This song is called Afraid of Love. It's by Toto. Uh, it, oh, good personnel. Right off the bat, right off the bat, this has a real kind of new wavy feel. It's 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 they're kind of going power pop all of a sudden. Uh, it's nice, bright, major key, mainstream '80s rock. 
Uh, I get kind of like a Rick Springfield vibe from it. Yeah, I hear yeah. that. The album takes a real rock and turn when this, you uh, flip it over. This is yeah. that. This is that turn back stuff that nobody wanted to hear. But it's less. It's less rush now, though. It's it's like they're just kind well, of going was on it straight too. forward. This was on it too. They had they they, they they did the rush stuff with just like the straightforward like oh, rock okay. and roll. So to me, this sounds more like a movie soundtrack song and waiting. Like a lot of Rick Springfield's catalog does. Like this is where the like the main dude character starts to fall for some amazingly hot chick one night, and then they play this song to kind of transition from the end of their date back to a montage of people skiing down the mountain in preparation for the big competition that might save the old ski lodge. <laughs> Uh, this is another Steve Lukather showcase. Uh, he's he's uh, doing the lead vocals here. Uh, Bobby Kimball and David Page are in the background. Uh, Page and Lukather co-wrote the song with Jeff Percaro. And this also features Papa Joe Percaro on the xylophone, which, try as I might, I couldn't quite figure out where the xylophone came in. I wasn't listening. There it is. Super- yeah, it was right there. <laughs> anyway, it was oh, there. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's Papa Joe on the xylophone. There it is. Sure. We found it. Um, and every, you know, every song on this album, Steve Lukather's guitar solos are just smoking hot. They are blistering. He is yeah. so good, and he gets so little credit in the world of guitar players. This guy's magic. Just a riff like that. You know, he played the riff on Beat It. He was bragging about it on Twitter. Yeah, he, loves solos, he loves to do that. He loves the dude. But he was playing the... That's Lukather. Does anybody else smell stew? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, I thought I was having a stroke. That's good. Kind of a Disney Moore vibe. Go ahead, Steve. Uh, this, so this song, to me, this is fairly straightforward. Uh, they do switch things up a little bit in the instrumental breakdown after the chorus. Uh, the outro gets a little bit weird. With the, there's some shifting harmonies in there that you'll hear in a minute. Uh, but overall, to me, the big question is: Are those little detours unexpected enough to push this power pop track into yacht rock territory? I think the answer is no. I'm giving it a 28 on the Yatsky scale. Hey, JD, I got a question for you. Yeah? Could this be Camaro Summer? It? The lyrics oh. don't quite work. No, the lyrics don't really work because it's not about having... Yes. Oh, but I've never been afraid of love until I met you is interesting. I have to listen He's, to it yeah, for that. He might be reluctant to give up his freedom for this amazing new woman. That's a little Camaro Summer theme M- right there. Musically, it's on point, yeah. but I really have to listen to the lyrics. I get... I give it a, I give it a, a like a 55 on the Camaro Sun scale. All right, yeah. all right, that's fair. Um, 72 degrees and cool. So I would, <laughs> I give it, I give the song like a, like a, um, a 37. 37. Oh shit. I'm gonna go. Uh, even. Hold on. 28. Plus but I got a number. 37. I want to tell you my number. Okay, say it. 30. 30. And I'm gonna give this. A thirty-one, and then I'll divide that by four, by four. and we got a thirty-one point five. Yeah, mostly because Toto's on it. Yeah, that is good personnel. Yacht, yacht rock. Thirty-one point five. Oh, this is one of my favorite songs on the album. One of my favorite deep cuts. This mm. is called "Lovers in the Night." It's just so 
It's such a nerdy song. Listen to that, that first line. It's just the soul that matters, and I don't know why. Let's see, where's my note? Okay. Um, so this, it has David Page on lead vocals. Um, he wrote Africa and, and sung it as well, so you know he's a dork. <laughs> um, and as you learn Africa, I don't know if anybody will share this fun fact then, but he was chosen to sing Africa because he was able to spit a lot of lyrics quickly. It's a terrible skill. Does not help in pop music. So he was like, the, listen, he, listen, listen. So he, he's like the micro machines man of Toto. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh, you know you want to love us in the night. It means your lyrics don't fit the melody or the meter of the song, basically. But he makes them work. Um, Steve Byrne. Yes. So. Oh. Just took this, one of the to me, this this sounds like the most epic song on the album. It's because Jeff and Steve Percaro uh, hired their dad Joe on this one as well to play timpani. Timpani. That guy did everything. And there is nothing more epic sounding on this planet than timpani played by your dad. I feel it was was Papa Joe Picaro like a band instructor because all the instruments he plays are like what's in the back of the band room. <laughs> yeah, they're the ones they made me play. Yeah. Right? <laughs> hey, here, Dave, uh, play the bass drum. I, I had a clave thing going. Oh here, yeah, man. clave woodblock. I Percussion, think, it's important. I think Papa Joe was in uh, in the Wrecking Crew, at least uh, sort of secondary. Yeah, well, he was he was a session musician. So, sorry to bring everybody down there. For yeah. a second. I didn't know. Wow, let's have a real serious through. talk about uh, Joe Picaro. All right, what are we doing? Wreck the mood. I want to talk about a, a sexy album cover that has nothing to do with it. All right, uh, let's do it. Yeah. The strings on here are by a group that we mentioned earlier called Martin Ford we Orchestra. We did not mention it earlier. Oh, we didn't get to it. Okay, so it's by Martin Ford Orchestra. They made sexy disco back in the day, uh, and they have an album from the '70s called Smoothin', which is a portmanteau. Spell it. Spell it. It's a portmanteau of smooth and moving, which of course means taking a shit. But you have to spell it. Uh, are you going to spell it? It's Steve, you're the speller. You don't have to spell it. He just okay. explained it. So They get that there's a V in it. It has the hottest album cover I've ever seen. It's this mid-70s blonde woman in a thong one-piece bathing suit with side boob like crazy. Machi. She's playing the saxophone. Yeah, she's not. I wouldn't say playing it as much as filleting it. Thigh-high striped socks, and she's on roller skates, rolling across the album cover, hopefully <laughs> going to my house. <laughs> yeah, this one's going to make your pants smooth. Well, you by, listen to by which I mean give you an erection. You listen to it, it's kind of boring instrumental disco, so it's sort of like that Herb Alpert thing where the music's really boring, so they put a sexy woman on the cover. Oh, hold on. How dare you? Wait, Herb Alpert? Or Herb Alpert's awesome. Well, who's? Oh, wait. No, who's You're thinking whip? of whipped cream and other delights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cream and That's other got delights. fucking Tijuana Taxi on it, man. What's wrong with you? Good <laughs> song. Hold on, I want to go back wait, to something. Is Tijuana Taxi one of those stupid frat boy sex act things? You won a taxi last night, and you know what I mean, bro. I don't know, Steve. Let's uh, <laughs> let's see where the evening goes. I brought her south of the border and kidnapped her for a, a, a ransom. Wait, hold on. I want to go, I want to go back to something. Dave, how, how does having an erection make your pants smooth? Smooth. It makes it them makes bumpy. It makes them move. Oh, smooth. Makes them tighter. Ah, with the V. See, if you would have fucking spelled it, I would have known what the fuck yeah. we were talking about. God damn it. it was spelled with the V. Uh, this son of a gun rocks a little too hard to be on the boat. 
but I love it. I agree. Let it's me almost Rosanna rocking enough, so I'll give it a 41. Hold on, I gotta get the calculator out here. You didn't just leave it out. The old <laughs> 41. Wait, that's, no, that's, that's 414. Yep, that's 41. Not fair. Okay, I'm gonna give that. I'm gonna go a little bit lower. I'm gonna give it a 35. I'm gonna say 49. I'm gonna go yeah. 40, 43. Yeah. Hear that controversy? Yeah, finally. Got a reaction out of the crowd. <laughs> All right. And we got us a 42 on that. That is Nyat Yacht Rock. Oh, hey, my turn again. Hey! 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 Great, great, hey! Great intro here. This is We Made It by Toto. You mean the hey? Yeah, great personnel on this one. Um, you've got all of Toto. Uh, but it's a pretty straightforward rocker. Bobby Kimball rocking out on the lead vocals. As near as I can tell, this song seems to be about a lady catching her man cheating on her goddamn birthday. <laughs> First line of the song is bad timing for love. You caught me on your birthday. Uh, that's pretty literal. I can feel your heart break into a hundred pieces. That's fucking messed up. And why would you then write a song about it? It then goes on to have the singer beg for another chance. We made it before he can do it again. But that seems so far out of the realm of possible to me. I came up with another theory. I think this is about Bobby Kimball sitting on his lover's favorite birdhouse. As he does. Yeah. It was a birdhouse that came in a kit. They built it together in the past. And then I think he sat on it and tried to glue it back together like she wouldn't notice. She caught him red-handed, and it happened to be on her birthday. She saw it as a metaphor for their love. Bobby, on the other hand, is explaining to her that relationships require work. They built this birdhouse together once. They can do it again. They're going to work together to rebuild this birdhouse that Bobby crushed with his fat ass. Or... Maybe he broke it by trying to fuck it like it was that uh, keyboard in the uh, 99 video. That's what he does. When he's not singing, he's fucking a keyboard in the band. Or maybe a birdhouse. Uh, there's not a whole lot that can be said about this song that we haven't already touched on. So get ready for fun location facts. This is the very stage from the original Tenacious D television show on HBO. Right here at the Virgil, ladies and gentlemen. This is the club where they played. Sasquatch! The alley right outside. Hollywood is truly a magical place. Take that, Hollywood. Yeah, that's all I got on this song. Man, we ran out of stuff to say. I can think of one other song that's about uh, a guy fucking up on a woman's birthday. A birdhouse? It's Bon Jovi's I'll Be There For You. It's, it's, It's like a plot twist at the end of the song where he's like... I didn't mean to miss your birthday, baby. I wish I'd seen you blow those candles what? out. But he doesn't, as far as I can tell, he hasn't cheated on this on his woman on her birthday. And he didn't get caught fucking her favorite birdhouse. Correct. So this one isn't on the boat for me. Nice. Okay, what's the score? Uh, 38. 38? Like that special band that played yeah. Hold On Loosely. This is another, it's, it's, it's almost smoothed out enough by Bobby Kimball's vocal to make the boat. It's almost in that Rosanna pocket. What? What? Oh, come on. 45. Oh, I'm, I gave you a 46. You're just going to have to take it. Okay. The 46. <laughs> All right, Steve. I also think it's a 46. I gave you a 45. You're going to have to take it. Uh, I'm going to give this a 
there was a birdhouse being fucked in this, right? Uh, in in my mind, yeah. Okay. Well, that's significant. Put a little birdhouse in your soul. I don't like know. a little birdhouse with your butt. Say you're gonna put your butt on it. Say I'm not the only bee in your bonnet. A birdhouse is a yacht instrument, right? Can be. Okay. And Bobby Kimball fucked it. Depends I'm gonna a, give. Depends how hard Bobby Kimball. I'm gonna uh, give it a 47. Give it, I it have to, to it. take it. It's a uh, total 44. All right, we're getting there. It is Niat. Oh, God. Oh, my turn. All right, this is going back. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. I'm going to do some... Uh... Oh, hey, Quincy and Michael. Mm. Yeah, you're supposed to oh. do the thing. Yes, this is Quincy. Quiet down, Rashida. I got Toto on the phone. Oh, that got a good response. Let's do it again. Okay. Oh, hey, Quincy and Michael. Hey, it's still Quincy. I, I said hello already, and I talked to my daughter, Rashida. And she, I, I, I already acknowledged that you're on the phone, Toto. You're awesome. Oh, okay, to sorry. To hey, Toto. hey, Quincy, this is Michael. Come pay attention oh, to me. Oh, yeah, I don't want to hear Michael. Michael, Jackson. shut up. We're shut talking up, here. Hey, right. come on, guys. I wrote a new song. Sorry, I had a bad connection. I had to say hi twice. All right, we heard you're doing a new album, and have we got a sound for you. All right, I'd love to hear it. All right, here it is. I love hearing sounds. I'm a record producer, Quincy Jones. Yeah, this is awesome, baby. All right, well, listen to this song. This is Waiting for Your Love. How smooth is this fucking song? Yeah, there it is. You hear it. Uh, There's a point where it might be uh, two in the groove for Yacht Rock. That is until Kimball's white boy shout steers us right back into port. This isn't going to get too funky. Okay, uh, not sure who's doing it. Um... I'm, guess, I'm guessing it's Steve Picaro on this, but that synth keyboard thing yeah. going on in this song is awesome. This is uh, 1982, but it's very 1992 smooth jazz, uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing for this particular song. I don't know why. No, it's still cool. It's still cool in 1982. It, it, was, it was the birth of the smooth jazz. It's groundbreaking. Uh, and shout out to David Hungate on this. You've beaten back the Porcaro coup. This is his song on here. He's, uh, he's really killing it on the bass. This has the exact same bass line as Baby Be Mine. Yeah, that's what, that's what we were talking about. Sorry, I tuned out. I want the same bass line on Baby Be Mine because it's awesome. <laughs> so, and if you listen to this, you can hear Jeff's new tambourine he bought on this, and he's killing it. Yeah. <laughs> he is killing it. I'm telling you, I'm seriously, go home tonight, put on some headphones, close your eyes and isolate that tambourine. It'll blow your fucking mind. Yeah, he paid $17 for that thing. He got $18 worth of fucking jam out of that. So check that out. Get in there. Get in that Toto 4. Yeah, waiting for your love. And you know, I skipped him in the first song. Uh, did I? But this is another Yacht Jam recorded by, and that's right, you guessed it, Tom Knox. Tom Knox. Yeah, Tom Knox. Don't Tom try. Knox fans? No Tom Knox fans? Don't uh, try looking up his Wikipedia page, because it doesn't exist. Yeah. Tom produced the toe on their genius Yacht Your album I spoke about, Hydra. Yeah, that's just, and I want to point out that I created Yacht Your tonight, just so everybody knows. I doubt anyone else has a Yacht Your album besides Toto's Hydra, but it's my new name, so fuck all you. Yacht Your. Yeah, give it to him, Hunter. Yeah, you tell him. Yeah. yeah, it's dragons and swords. But it's smooth and, and it's smooth as fuck. And you can listen, you can drink champagne. If you were tired of us talking about math, stay tuned for the dragons. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, that's all that I really care about talk about this. This is definitely a thriller song that didn't yeah. have the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's still Yacht Rock. Yeah. Let me pull out my handy pocket calculator here. Uh, 58 from uh, Old Dave Lyons. Oh, 58? Oh, you're on crack. This is a very, very yachty song. Yeah. This is uh, 86. What? 86. This guy's... Yeah, we are going to fucking fight, dude. I also think it's pretty damn yachty. I'm giving it a 79. 79. And I'm, I'm in the 80s, too, but I'm not as high as you. I'm going to give this an 80. I'm going to give this 82 for the year it was made and Thriller came out. Wait, did Thriller come out 83? 83. 82. Yeah, well... Thriller came out in late 82, but yeah, all the 82. singles hit in 83. It was November, I believe. Hey, add, add 10 to mine. Oh, Jesus, no! Fucking... All right, fine. Plus 10. 10. There you go. Divided by 4. 78.75. That's yacht. All right, this is my last visual aid. Oh! Dave, you want to explain what that is for our podcast audience back home? Nope. Should have been here. Should have been here. Wait, were you clapping for the visual aid or the fact that it's the last one? <laughs> little of both. Yeah. Steve, Steve, tell us about this mysterious last song of the album. They always put the crap at the end. Yeah, this, pure, pure filler. Moving on. This song is called Africa by Toto. Dave has a picture disc of it that's shaped like the continent of Africa. Let me got, tell you. got band guys on the back, too. I'd like to tell you a little bit about Africa. As all Americans know, Africa is a medium-sized country south, south of the Sahara Desert. And it contains only one ethnicity, black people who probably speak Swahili, which is African for African. And that is pretty much all that most Americans know about Africa. And they learned that from this song. Steve's TV is stuck on Fox News. Don't tell me I didn't research this episode. So... What what is there left to say about Africa that we haven't already said the past time? We've, we've covered this song on the podcast several times. On uh, one episode. On one episode. Dave, uh, that was what? Uh, good, so good work. I'll quickly recap the uh, the disputed Africa Dabra. The disputed accounts between the band members about what this song is about, where the lyrics came from. Uh, There's two different views, so we're going to teach the controversy, which I also learned from Fox News. Uh, So David Page co-wrote the song. He says he was inspired staying up late one night to watch a TV documentary about suffering in Africa. He felt really bad. He tried to imagine what what it would be like to be in Africa. Uh, I don't know if he succeeded because I've never been in Africa. Uh, I can't say with confidence that if I were standing on the Serengeti Plain, Kilimanjaro would truly rise just like Olympus. I don't know. Is that rise similar? I've never been to either one. It's not It's not a big deal. So the song's other writer, Jeff Percaro, says the song is really about how, quote, a white boy is trying to write a song on Africa, but since he's never been there, he can only tell what he's seen on TV or remembers in the past. 
in modern social media parlance, I believe this is called a subtweet. I'll explain that to you, Dave, since you're old and you don't get social media references. Mm -hmm. it's, it's where you speak in very general terms in a social media post to call out a very specific person on their bullshit. Ah, uh, okay. So now explain to me why you still buy CDs. See, if you were going to make that a subtweet, Dave, you would have said, I don't understand why these idiots still keep buying CDs. It's 2017. I'm not going to call you an idiot to your face. Yeah, that's why you do it in a subtweet. Got it. So this video, if you watch the video, MemTV <laughs> hardly ever played this video. The video's phenomenal. David Page is in a library looking up books on Africa because he's trying to research how to write this fucking song. Apparently. And I assume, I assume it was at a library in Africa. And, and as, as, as it goes along, there's, a, there's a, a, a lady librarian watching him read. And uh, <laughs> uh, towards the end of the video, an African dude magically appears, throws a spear into a bookshelf, and knocks the bookshelves over. So I'm going to guess that the theory of white guys who have no idea what it's like to be in Africa is probably the correct one. Uh, I think the video vibe is supposed to be like having an Indiana Jones type adventure, yeah. but a little more racist and without actually leaving the library because they don't have the budget for that. Yeah, the uh, if, if you're just if you're trying to figure out what the song is just by watching the video, it's very easy to come to the conclusion that it's about a black woman or an African watching David Hunkate or watching David Page read. So uh, yep, silence. Moving right. along. Wasn't, wasn't he in a rocking chair? At one point, sure. Why not? Uh, there's a few African-sounding instruments woven into the arrangement of the song. There's an actual marimba, played again by Papa Joe Percaro. Mm -hmm. There's some not-actual kalimba. That's uh, an updated modern version of the traditional mbira thumb piano from southernish Africa. Earth, Wind, and Fire use the kalimba a lot. And this is the sound of a kalimba recreated on a Yamaha GS1 synthesizer. Yeah. Uh, Toto likes to take a lot of credit for breaking new ground in the area of world music because they did this before anyone was doing it except for people in Africa. You, uh, you know who's playing congas on this, Steve? Who's playing congas on Lenny this? Lenny Squiggy Castro. <laughs> oh, and he's, he's actually in the video, too. When they cut to Toto playing the song on a soundstage, they let Lenny Castro be in the band for this one because he developed the groove along with Jeff Percaro. Yeah, I believe and he's, he's been to Africa. Yeah, he's wearing this weird, like, ivory dagger-looking thing around his neck, so it does that's, look like he yeah, may have been to Africa. That's how you know. Or he's at least been to a souvenir shop somewhere. So maybe he, he uh, swapped planes in uh, Africa somewhere and went to the uh, gift shop. Hmm. Really dragging this out. Go ahead, Steve. I think I think song's we, over. Fun fact: I think over. we can Yatsky this one, guys. We already Yatsky did. It. it got a oh, ninety. This is a typo. It got a ninety-three on the Yatsky scale. Okay. So, thank you so much for coming. Um, we got to add up the scores. We're add up the scores, which I've been doing for the past ten minutes because math is hard. And Steve gave you the opportunity. Especially in front of a live audience. Um, okay, so first. Listen to this journey that this takes along the Yasky sale. First song, 95.75, then 92, then 47.5, then 56.75, 41.25, then 31.5, 42, 44. Is it going to make it? 78.75, 94. Add all those up, divide them by 10. It has to get above 50 to be a Yacht Rock album. 
Toto 4, the first ever Yatskied album. Okay, hold on. Drum roll. Somebody out there do a drum roll. There you go. We got, we got a drum right there. Yeah, I, but I don't have a stick. 62.37. They did it. That's Yacht Rock. All right. Thanks so much for coming out. Thank you to the Virgil for having us. Go buy some drinks and tip your bartender yeah. well. Thanks to DJ Claire. She was out there spinning tunes tonight. She's so good all the way from San Diego. She came all the way to help us out. Thank you, Matt Brousseau. He's back there. He producer. Brousseau the producer. He recorded us tonight, Woo! and he did a lovely job. We hope. We haven't heard it yeah, yet. Yeah, we haven't heard it yet. I assume it's lovely. Uh, follow at Yarrock on Twitter. Go to Yarrock.com for useful experience. Go to YadernYacht.com to check out the results of our Yatsky scale studies. Um, and thanks to the entire Fair Audio family. Uh, and stick around for the performance by Harbor, Harbor Party. Party. Good. I would say good night, but you're gonna stick around and party all night. So let the fun. Woo! Let's get Bug drunk in. on a Sunday. Yeah.